0: It's regular season hockey to talk about tonight. Let's find our feet out there bud. Get a good jump early. It's a big one. People are counting on us. Well game on.
1: Well, game on, eh? Grab the net, sticks in the middle. It's time for episode 20 of the Straight Off the Pipe podcast. We are a proud part of the Heavy Hockey Network. And as always, I'm Dash in the box beside me in cell block 99 in the grandest of prairies. We got the lowest to my Peter or the Homer to my Marge, but he's the mega thread, Mike Dursa. Hey, buddy. Well, we agreed that the uh, Oilers would be 2-0 by the time episode two O came around,
0: and looks like we were right. Oilers' well, future so bright, you had to wear shades, eh? Hey,
1: buddy. That's the way we roll. Is I don't get a lot of sleep around here.
0: All right. So, uh season kicked off on Wednesday with a shootout win against the Canucks. What do you think of that one?
1: Yeah, I didn't like to see the... uh the, the blown lead, obviously the, the second goal on Smitty was, was a little Smitty-esque. Um, you know, those ones come with, with what the uh, goaltender brings for us. So it is what it is. We pulled out the win at the end of the day and, and that's what mattered. So, uh, you know, not, not ugly, not pretty, um, but, but it'll do. what do you think?
0: Uh, I thought Mike Smith made two mistakes in that game. Um, and, and one of them was a, uh, uh, a play on the puck that uh, didn't exactly go <laughs> his way, but unfortunately it didn't uh, end up costing us. And then, uh, yeah, he kind of got caught, I think, uh, trying to pull across a little early, and um, it was a good shot, kind of using this a little bit of a screen, but if he would have kind of held his net a little bit, uh, you know, would have hit him. So, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a deceptive shot, but uh, I think he got sort of busted, cheating a little bit there. Um, I thought Mike Smith, though, you know, this season has been uh, nothing short of fantastic. I mean, um, last night he he put on a goaltending clinic against the Flames and, you know, really the two goals against the Canucks, one was on him and I think the other one was on on the penalty kill. Nuge tipped it into Arnett, so I'm not going to fault Mike Smith for that, but I thought, you know, last night he... uh, he had as solid of an as a, of an effort as as you, you can ask of your goalie. Um, there were a lot of shots. I don't think all of them were dangerous, but he made the saves he needed to make. And uh, I thought, you know, when it was four two there, he had the puck uh, kind of late there. He was gonna take a shot at the fucking empty net again. Um, kind of glad... He's he, going
1: to do it this year, man. They were talking about it on the Dusty show too there, and, and he agrees. I don't know, Smitty just keeps talking about it, so one of these times the opportunity will come.
0: Kind of kind of glad he didn't, because there was a flame sort of, uh, you know, uh, right in between the circles there, and, uh, you know, you muff on that, and you <laughs> pretty much give him an empty net goal, so I'm glad he kind of thought a, a better of it, and kind of made a safe pass, and, and went from there, but... I'm thinking, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> as soon as he had the puck there. I
1: had the same feeling for sure. Yeah, I'd say Smitty's probably been our best player in the, both of the first two games. Um, taking away that second goal in the first game, which is, a, you know, just like I said, one of those things that comes along with Smitty. He's been pretty much perfect, man. Um, like what I've seen so far, I think he's uh, been playing out of his net, off of his crease, challenging. Man, um, like found the fountain of youth. Does he look more athletic this year? Like the way he's, you know, recovering and and bouncing back and forth and um, his push off looks really good. So, yeah, I I thought Smitty was fantastic. You said that, uh, you know, he put on a clinic with the shots. We got heavily outshot, but uh, the grade A scoring chances were uh, 12 to 9 for the Oilers. So those 47 shots, 9 were the grade A chances. But, uh, you know, it it reminded me a little bit of 80s hockey, man. You know, like... uh, the goalie keeps you in it at the beginning and, and then skill just eventually rises to the top and uh, and comes through.
0: Yeah, I mean, Calvary's still in that spot where they don't really have the game breakers, right? Um, how many times did Gaudreau have good looks and couldn't do anything? Um, Smitty there, I, I kind of enjoyed him uh, stoning uh, Matthew Kachuk three times in a row on <laughs> one series there. And, uh, you know, the guy that you don't like so much He he was in Kachuk's head last night. Like uh, early on, Keith just said, "No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not having it." And took the puck from him. I think he did it about three or four times last night. Like he just he just shut him down. Him and him and CC, I thought were uh, fairly solid last night. You know, they they did allow some shots, but uh, I don't think they allowed a lot of dangerous uh, activity uh, out there. And you know, the only thing I'll say, you know, they, they got sort of victimized on one play, but. Part of that, I think, was on Zach Cassie in there, um, where where the guy got left alone in front because Keith and CC went to the same guy and uh, he put it in. But there was a play on and the. on the first
1: goal on Mangiapane yeah. Mangiapane's goal.
0: Uh, it, it ended up being like on along the side of the net, and and uh, I can't. I think it was probably the first one. I think that was the first one.
1: I kind of think Keith lost track of Mangiapane, though. I think he uh, kind of let him get that uncontested rebound. If we're talking about the same goal and um maybe there was just some confusion and and that was, happens when you're only two games in with a there, new team right I,
0: there was a bit of blown coverage like they both they and nurse did the same thing with uh bouchard on a play yeah i can't i can't remember if it was the first or the second goal but they both chased behind the net the same guy yeah. and, and they left a the guy in front um keith and cc kind of got pulled over and you know there, there was a guy left there and and put in, but before that whole thing happened, Cassian had, had a chance. Cassian had a chance to get the puck out on the on the half wall, and he didn't do it. So everybody <laughs> wants to pin it on Keith, but it's kind of a collective uh, fire drill there. Um,
1: yeah, I yeah, I can see him losing track of his player, but I can also see that happening pretty commonly when you're two games in with a new team. And yeah. you know, I remember them saying even last year it took probably six to ten games for Tyson Berry to get a claim to playing with the Oilers and figuring things out. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to be hard on Keith when I when I need <laughs> to be. But uh, I, yeah, I thought they played OK. You know, they for the most part, my eye test said they probably played the most against Lindholm, Goudreau and and Tchaik. So, you know, it, it's not like uh, yeah they weren't taking on tough competition. Right. Um, you know, I, 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 because I know you're going to bring them up. <laughs> I I had to, you know, take a close watch. I, I tried to kind of watch some isolation shifts with Keith and CC a little bit and just kind of watch them and see. And, you know, I was looking for errors and I couldn't really find them. So, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those games where I think uh, I didn't notice Keith a lot other than that first goal where you know, that scramble. And, and for a defenseman, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, so you know I, I thought that that was uh that was positive um i you know and I kept trying to watch i keep- you know i i wanted to come on here and say ah oh, Keith can't break up a cycle and you know why did he, he didn't need to um he gets the puck out of the end like he, like yeah. a quicker than a hiccup, man. That puck gets on a stick, and it doesn't matter whether he's high and hard, whether it's on somebody's tape. You know what he likes to do is, like, I think you commented a couple episodes ago about how hard he passes the puck. What I actually think he's doing is 80% of the time, he's just looking for that deflection for the dump and chase. You know, he sees a forward in that general direction, and he just hammers it that way and, and hopes the guy gets a stick on it, the tip in, and maybe he's looking for a line change or whatever. But, you know, you don't have to – Skate around in your own end chasing the other team if you're just hammering it out every time. So, you know, a combination of how quickly this team um, can move the puck, as well as I think having that third line that can provide opportunity and possession, has really helped keep the puck out of our end. Like, I kept watching for an opportunity for them to be trapped and just kind of never really happened.
0: Yeah, they're erasing things before they really get going in, in their own end. Like, uh, I watched a few times where. Like, uh, I think it was almost like the second shift of the game. Keith went over to Kachuk, took the puck from him, quick out, and and out they were. Like, there's... Let's be blunt here. There's no fucking around. It's it's like, you know... Yeah. I'm older, so I'm going to save all my steps. So I'm taking the puck from you, and we're getting out. And if it goes for icing, oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll take the face off, but I'm not fucking around. Like, you know, so... Um, it, it's a simplified It's a simplified game. I don't see, see him trying to do too much. It's just, you know, get in, get out. And, and from your second pair, I mean, I think he can cu- kind of live with that. Um, the one thing I'll say, though, with them, and it's the same thing with Nurse and Barry, I, you know, it's all, maybe almost a little bit of an elementary uh, hockey kind of idea, but you got to kind of know who's, who's going to be the guy to clear the net front and who's going to chase puck. You know, if if they get on that page, and I'd like to see CeCe be the guy that, you know, because he's, he's, a, he's a tank, uh, be, be the guy to be in front of the net and worry about that and, and let Keith go chase, you know. And and once they get that kind of figured out, I, I think they'll be just fine. Uh, they've been just fine through through two games, in, in my opinion, and uh, I'm, I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of Evan Bouchard. It's kind of more of the same, but a Dude. little a little bit more uh, poise, you know, when he gets it, he's, he's looking to make make that pass, but he doesn't take too long, like if, if and I don't want to talk about it too much, but if there's one thing I'd be critical of Ethan Baer from before, is that sometimes he does take too long to make that decision and make that that out, and sometimes that can that can burn you, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. good to have patience and poise and be calm and cool and collected, but sometimes he can overdo it. And I think that sometimes got into Ethan Bear's game, and I mean, I don't want to be hard on him because he's not here anymore. And every player mm-hmm. can do the he's same thing, him. but but yeah, what I what I see what I see from Bouchard, I I uh, you know I've been I've been happy with his play, and I, I I think he's he's doing just fine. And you know, some nights they're they're giving him um, elevated minutes because they don't I I feel like. They yeah they they don't feel as confident you know in key situations i think with tyson barry you, you have barry <laughs> out, well you have barry out there for those offensive you know um the mm-hmm. offense offensive
1: side i today. certainly I, didn't feel confident there. when barry was out there
0: <laughs> yeah i mean you know we're looking for keith and cc to be the weak weak link and and uh, yeah um you know i don't think they are i think they're they're treading yeah. water and doing what they need to do and Beautiful, you know, beautiful start to a play by Dreisaitl up to up to CeCe. CC takes a, you know, a second to let Yesi get right to the blue line and then threads the needle. Yes, does a good job of, of corralling it and goes in and what a shot. I mean, he had about nine inches of net. That's all Markstrom gave him. He had to shoot across Markstrom's body and beat him clean. I mean, that was a beautiful goal and that was a key goal. And you know if that goal doesn't happen, I don't think we're celebrating a win and being two and zero today. I think that totally would have changed the landscape of the game. Probably goes into overtime, and, and who the hell knows what happens? Um, and, and that goal, I mean, that's a backbreaker. And, and uh, you know, um, um, the smile on you
1: cut the momentum for the Flames. Right? The timing yeah, was perfect.
0: Yeah, it, it broke their backs. It broke their it broke their will. Really. And and yeah. to see to see that smile from Puliarvi and that look of raw determination, um, awesome, awesome, love. Does
1: anybody enjoy playing hockey more than Yessi Puliarvi? Pilar- unbelievable yeah. man! It's so fun to watch, eh? It's contagious. Um, yeah, that goal was awesome. cross ice sauce by Drysaitel, like only Drysaitel can. You know, right on CC's tape, um, which makes CC's job easy. But let's be honest, you put that pike, puck right where. Yasa needed it in mm-hmm. order to be able to split two guys and, and get to the net. And, uh, you know, uh, let me take the opportunity to say, Poe we put that straight off the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> just about. Um, yeah,
0: just about.
1: Man, he like he picked the one millimeter inside mm-hmm. of the post where the net was and, and just snapped that home like Mike Badano off his back foot, man. It, looked, it was a thing of beauty. And if he can develop that type of not only drive but that shot with his game i you know I, i'd been on a couple different podcasts and predicted Yesso will be the third leading scorer for the oilers and if this is what we're going to see out of him on a consistent basis what we've seen in the preseason in the first two games i i'm pretty confident in my pick um a couple things just going back to what you'd said on keith and cc as well that I, I made notes here to comment on was um yeah, I agree. I, I, and you know, let me start this maybe by asking you a quick question. Do you not think that Keith and Cece were deployed perfectly?
0: In that game last night or In, or last it's... night,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'd say what Playfair did with those guys was was damn near perfect. They, they played 17 and 18 minutes. Um you know, Bouchard played twenty, um Nurse played pronger like minutes of thirty plus. Um and I I, I don't even mind that nurse seems to be able to handle more and more minutes as this goes on. And, you know, and we talked many times about how Keith would need to be in that 17 minute mark. He played 17, 26, um, you know, CC just a bit over 18 CC plus two got that nice assist Keith, 17 minutes plus one couple of block shots each. Like that's, that's exactly what we need those guys to do on, uh, um, you know against a second or first line for Calgary call it whatever you want to I actually thought the Mangiapani line was better than the Goudreau line but um, yeah and Bouchard played almost 20 minutes so you know we've also talked a lot about how the defense the the young defense needs to take a step up this year in order to uh uh you know kind of fill the role um that maybe CC and Keith wouldn't be able to take on 20 minutes a night each, and and Bouchard I think maybe is doing that um, faster and better than anticipated for me. Uh, I loved Bouch's Bush, game. I I thought he um, I thought he could walk the blue line, maybe as good as Barry offensively. Uh, he quarterbacks you know the offensive play very well. His first pass out of his own end is is immaculate, almost perfect. And I think he's got a better defensive game from Barry. Um, I was listening to the cult of hockey earlier today and, and McCurdy said that uh, in 16 minutes of Tyson Barry five on five hockey last night, the shots were 18 to seven for the flames. And in Barry's overall 22 minutes, the shots were 25 to nine for the flames. Um, I thought barry blew it on the mangiopani breakaway there he's got to be the guy that that goes back on that play and he kind of got a little bit lost there and uh that's where i miss ethan bear um because you know what i think if we had uh you know ifs and buts or candies and nuts (laughs) we'd all have a merry christmas and and i love warren fogel so let's not take it that way but that's where ethan bear was awesome with darnell nurse because that five on five play they were an excellent pairing um, whereas I still see so much chaos in in the Barry Nurse
0: combination. If if you put Barry with anybody else in our lineup, it's it's ugly. Like it's real, worse. It's worse. Um, yeah. Nurses... How do you play
1: with Darnell Nurse for 22 minutes and still give up 25 to nine shots when you're on the ice with <laughs> him? Yeah. I see Bouchard taking a maybe a first pairing role. Sooner than later. And, I, just, and, uh,
0: I, I, I just, you know, at some point you can't get uh, outshot. You, you know, that's mm-hmm. going to come back to, to bite you when you get into people that don't mis- make mistakes on their yeah. shots. Um, but I just... Well, you
1: said it uh, earlier, the Flames don't have those game breakers, you know, but you go 25-9 shots against, it's going to go the other way when you've got a different team on the ice. If
0: you if you get carved like we did last night against Vegas, it's a it's a different hockey game. Um, yeah. I just i I don't think there's an option of changing nurse's partner unless you're scratching Tyson Berry. I, I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah. I well, I don't know, man. I can see uh, I can see Bouchard jumping into that top pairing and having Keith and Cece stay where they are and Berry just playing more of a Mark Andre Bergeron type of role where you're playing every minute of the power play. But you know, in hindsight. Bouchard can and Nurse could probably operate that first power play or the only power play the Oilers have really they play two minutes Um, just as well as Barry could and you know a guy like Bear or somebody else could hold a lot more defensive prowess than what Barry's been doing 5 on 5
0: if if, if you get into that kind of scenario then then I would dress 7-D (laughs) yeah
1: interesting hey
0: yeah yeah and just yeah have him as your power play quarterback although you know, you do. That. Russell
1: plays both sides, right? Then you yeah. can at least flip him over to the right side. And.
0: You do that kind of stuff, and I, I just uh, think that um, it might work. It might not. The guy might not be in. You know, he's sitting for 12 minutes, and then all of a sudden, you ask him to go out on power play. It might not work either. Might be a lot yeah. of bobble pucks at the blue line and, and uh, end up in the back of your net. I, I don't know what the solution is there, but you know, I thought I thought Barry was. Uh, good defensively in the playoffs so you know maybe he's just regular season uh, chop, <laughs> well, chop chop liver I, I i don't know you know last night i was thinking too like the additions of hyman and fogel you know really make the battle of alberta that much more enjoyable and I, right. i'm i'm almost wondering without those two guys in the lineup you know if if it's not a different game as well i mean they allow us to to play just a, a lot more hard of hockey you know we can play mm-hmm. Sutter, we can play Sutter hockey with Daryl Sutter now uh, just because we've got a little bit of meat and potatoes in the, in the lineup.
1: Man Fogel goes to the net like a jackhammer how many wraparound attempts has he tried in two games yeah like he's well, constantly driving to the greasy areas the, and trying to get to the paint man
0: yeah the one was hot. the one was hard too and then and then the, the one time Hyman went to the net like Glenn Anderson and he, he drove the far side and you know you're gonna have to take me down to to get me not to go, it was a, it was a thing, like I, I like watching that, that's great, I love it. I wish dry would uh, have that kind of um, mentality, more to, you know, you're gonna have to take me out to get the puck from me. Um, he does usually when he's on the walls, but I just mean like in open ice, just go to the net and refuse to, you know, have anything other than you in the net or the puck in the net or both, like just go hard.
1: Exactly. I have a hard time seeing 37 on his jersey without thinking of Dean McCammon, man. It's just it's like, I don't know what it is with me. I can't race that yet.
0: It's funny, uh, you bring up Deaner. Um, so in Grand Prairie a couple of years ago, uh, there was George Lorac, Jason Strudwig, and, and Dean McCammon all signing autographs. And I took my max to, to that. And the first guy we sat down with was Strudy. And Struddy was great, and, you know, if we have him on the show, I'm going to thank him again. But uh,
1: Yeah, he'll come up in a few weeks, he said.
0: Yeah, he, he was, uh, like, really personal with everybody, asking kids, like, you know, about their minor hockey and how they're doing and and just, like, re- really detailed questions. He was great. And then McCammon's sitting in the middle of Strudwig and, and, and the rap And all Dean wants to talk about is, you know, because he's sitting beside George, he's like, yeah, if you go on YouTube, you can watch me fight. Uh, I think it was like Maxine Talbot from the Penguins or something. He's like, you can, <laughs> you can watch my fight. <laughs> so he's trying to compete with George, and it was just it was just funny because I don't think of Dean McCammon as a fighter, right? But for the kids, that's, that's what he wanted to talk about. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny. Yeah. So, yeah, he uh, was like a
1: mini version of Todd Marchand or something. Yeah. Not mini version, but a lesser version. It's because he was a big boy, but
0: yeah, a little bigger, probably a little better hands and, and a bit more of a goal scorer.
1: But uh, well, who doesn't have better hands than Todd Marchand? Let's be honest. Between yeah. him and Belanger, the the tr- triangle there. I don't know. Uh,
0: scored when it mattered, though.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So uh, last episode, you're trying to drive Derek Ryan out of town, and <laughs> he is scoring the scoring the first goal against his ex team. Pretty cool to watch uh, the ex Flames kind of be our best players against the Flames, eh? Like there's just it almost shows that uh, um, competitive hatred, you know, with that battle with you know Derek Ryan wanting to show who he was and scoring the first goal and Smitty being the player of the game that he was, and it's fun to watch, man.
0: I think it it was the end of the second. Kachuk kind of took a shot from outside the blue line on Mike Smith. Smith just kind of, like, lackadaisical last second, just, you know, Devon White's the puck and then throws it into the corner. Like, fuck off, bitch. (laughs) I laughed at that pretty hard. I laughed at a few moments uh, with Chase on in the
1: first game, too, where, you know, these guys probably sat on the bus together for the last two, three years, and, he was just hacking away at chase on and how well is it that chase on scores a power play goal against the you know, like what PTO player gets to play on the first line power play, by the way.
0: I mean, that's what he did with us. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's made a, made a career of it. It's crazy. Yeah. He's the PTO machine. It's kind of, it's kind of wild. Nice
1: to see Zach come back and play with some passion. I thought that uh, he played a pretty smart game actually. Um, you know, like engaged physically at six hits. Um, he, instead of fighting Zadorov, went to the bench and blew him a kiss. I thought that was pretty good. Um, you know, smart of him not to go and drop the mitts and fight. I think it's no need when we're in the lead and he's just coming off an injury. So I,
0: I thought he was effective. Well, that was hilarious. Him skating away with two sticks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cassian-esque.
0: And and they, they get a penalty because he didn't have a helmet and they were trying to hold him up so they get an interference call and he's got two sticks, like
1: <laughs> You'd think you'd get off the ice, eh? Like you just fell and hit your head the last time you played a game. There he was like still trying to rough it up with his helmet on. He almost tried to engage in a little little uh, scrum there too. And I'm like, Man, get off the ice. Like you're it's gonna hurt yourself again.
0: He he kachuk kachuk with that move. <laughs> Like, you know like that's how it all started like you know we're gonna shit disturb and then and then not do anything so kind of give him a taste of his medicine i kind of enjoyed that that was all right yeah um, yeah no doubt about it so i guess i'll just kind of get your take and we'll use this for the oil blowout um you know yamamoto and anderson kind of jostling and then uh, Yamamoto uh, takes a headbutt. Elliot Friedman talks about you know a hand being up on Yamamoto's face first, and then the headbutt fall through. So we're not calling it a headbutt. Um, bullshit. What is I, it? A
1: WWE headbutt? because you put your hand there first? You, yeah.
0: yeah. So what do you think about the play and and kind of the fine? And, and I'll give you my uh, take on it.
1: Uh, you, you know, hockey's a fast game. Um, it's, you slow things down, and, and it's a lot easier to be the judge and jury. Um, in, in the moment when it happened, I, I didn't even notice, actually, until they showed that one camera angle. So I don't know if it's just like that one camera angle, but it it does look like he lunges forward with his head. Now, you know, from that angle, whether his hand's there or I, I don't know. But to me, it it, it I, I've been in enough fights that when you're leading with a headbutt, You have that motion right you just kind of like your shoulders drop and you push your weight forward and it felt like he did that and like let's be honest he's got a reputation for being an absolute hothead Um, it's not the first time that Rasmus Anderson's done something stupid on the ice and uh, to do it to one of the top three smallest guys in the NHL um, (laughs) I think is a little gutless to be honest like Rasmus is you know six foot or six one two hundred pounds or whatever he is and he's got a lead with his helmet when he's engaging a guy that's five foot nine um so that's my opinion on that and what I also liked was uh Dreisaitl's comment in the post game I don't know if you heard it but uh they asked I think it was Spectre asked him about it and he said well yeah I'm not gonna comment on it but I guarantee you Yamo didn't care he was smiling but I mean yeah. he was also bleeding
0: so yeah, yeah, I heard Drysail and Pooley RV together. Their their little interviews. That was that was pretty good. Um, That's funny. Yeah, I kind of think like you know what if uh, I, I I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Yeah, he had buttered him, um, but I think it's the reason why he got fined and, and didn't get a game or or two is because he hit him like above the above the visor. If he would have crushed him below the visor. He's getting suspended. I think it's all to do with where he caught him, more than anything. That's that's really has bad. it
1: been said that he's not gonna
0: fix Yeah, he got he got, he, get got fine? he got a five thousand dollar fine today. Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, I just I, I laugh at that because you, you're not curbing the you know the anything. Those five thousand dollar fines are, I mean, to an NHL player, that's you know, it's buying a coke. So. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it doesn't curb anything, um, and that's on the NHLPA. That's not on player safety. That's what they negotiated for, and yeah. know, that, that's that's kind of the way it went. I, but I, I firmly believe that if it would have been below the, you know, the half visor, if he would have caught him in the chin with that headbutt or whatever, and you'd have to be pretty low down to catch Yamamoto in the chin, but yeah, he's <laughs> not right. But you know, if it was below the visor, yeah, he he'd get a game or two for sure. Um, yeah. I, I, you his, know,
1: I, I thought it was dirty. I, th- I think we'll see yeah. Rasmus have to tangle with somebody. I just looked up his his size. He's 6'1",
0: Yeah, he's like, not the biggest guy either.
1: Well, that 6'1", 215 is a hell of a lot bigger than 5'9", 150.
0: Right, right. I mean, he dwarfs Yamamoto, but let's face it, Nurse is uh, quite a bit bigger boy, too. And and Nurse yep. fed, him, fed him his lunch once before, I do believe. Um. Yeah, <laughs> what did you think about the Pooley-Arvey uh, penalty there when he was kind of at the top of the crease and Markstrom went for Vancouver Canucks uh, diving team uh, attempt there?
1: Uh, yeah, I know, I, goalie sold it a little bit, I think. Yeah, I would say I again appreciated play Harvey's comments after the post game, too. Yeah, I like to be there, <laughs> it's, that's where I need to be. <laughs> but yeah. you know, and that's 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 the theme for me. It's great to see play Harvey in front of the net and, and yeah. tangling with goalies and willing to engage and willing to take those hacks and cross checks because uh, man, he's tough to move.
0: Yeah, no, uh. That you know, we need somebody that, that that'll stand there and uh, be a shit disturber, and I think we've got three of them now in in Jesse and, and Zach Hyman and, and Warren Vogel. I think there's three guys yeah. that are and Cassie. Oh yeah, i not.
1: Yeah, i go to the grease
0: too. Yeah, he just doesn't have the size to to be as yeah effective to there, defend right? it. That's right. Yeah, you you, you know if you got these guys that are as big or bigger than the goalies because goalies are big now, but. You know, standing there and, and refusing to move, and you know in Smitty's office, and just being you know more or less like Ryan Smith against uh, JS Chagair, driving goalies nuts. Uh, I, I mean, that, I love to see that. And I mean, Avery and Broder. Yeah, I mean, and you get you get rewarded for it, right? There's always garbage yeah. and greasy goals, and yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Why don't I jump in with our other segment? with the FRAC. I actually looked at a couple, so I uh, one I know you're expecting but the other one I'm going to surprise you with. So (laughs) we're going to split it up into two questions, but uh, both goaltending focused. Um, And uh, just a reminder what we do with what the FRAC segment is, try to look outside the Oilers and talk about something else that's going on in the NHL. So uh, this week, I want to ask you what the FRAC is going on with Tuka Rask.
0: Yeah, well, to my knowledge, uh, Tuka is, um, had surgery or something and um, probably not ready to go until after Christmas January February and Tuca's story is is that he's not gonna play anywhere other than Boston um, and I, I think uh, not quite a Tampa Bay Lightning scenario but uh, I think the Bruins will find a way to to, to sign him and I'm not exactly sure how much he'll play but uh, they might use him as a mentor for what they got going on now and uh, you know if they're in need of help there then they've got it and if they just need that mentor then they've got it too and kind of an assurance plan for for the playoffs um, yeah I think he's uh, going to be a Boston Bruin in the new year but. To, yeah,
1: to, cross that bridge when they get there, figure out how healthy he is, if he can come back and play like January, February, you know, pay him accordingly, I guess. But it sounds like there's a handshake agreement there that Tuca's coming back to Boston. Uh yeah, I guess if that's all he can do as mentor, that's that's what it is. It is what it is. But I'd I'd love to see um um all in all essentially he get to play the games. Um, you know, if if he Tuca a one of the best playoff goaltenders of the last decade so you know I think Boston's chance to get anywhere in the playoffs is going to be with Tuca Um, but I do think it's pretty lightning-esque you said I'm not sure it is I don't know man And it's I think they're just quite happy to leave them there until February and see how it goes and and line it up it's you know it's harder to pull off what Tampa did in a longer season it's easier in 56 games but to do it for 82 uh, yeah I don't know we'll see uh, my second question is: uh, What the frack did you think of the Leafs signing Alex Bishop to an amateur tryout because they can't <laughs> compile with the cap?
0: Uh, delicious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fun to watch them suffer a little bit, hey? Can't yeah. even call up an AHL goaltender as your backup because you're so cap-ridden, I, like I, just I constraints love. everywhere.
0: I laugh at some of the you know former NHLers and mainly former Leafs like Carlo, uh, Carlo um, saying that the NHL needs to change this and make an emergency, this, that, or whatever. Why? Because Toronto can't figure out their cap situation? Fuck that. Like, they got into their yeah. mess. They got into their mess. They need to deal with it. You yeah. Know? Yeah, Tampa. Would have been,
1: uh, it would have been fun to see him get to play just after the whole David Aries thing. In oh, fact, yeah. I think uh, Aries piped in on Twitter and said, you should have number 70 for good luck or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that story will never die it's great
1: well how highlights like, one of the greatest stories in hockey i mean why it should never die yeah. that it was fantastic that david did what he did um yeah watching alex you know we watch a kid live out his dream he's university of toronto goaltender he gets to sit there on the bench but how do you feel if you're the ahl goaltender that can't get called up because your team's management is stupid
0: yeah yeah no, that's it's...
1: with austin matthews on the ir still too isn't it not?
0: uh you, you
1: he know, hasn't played I, yet so
0: i am not sure his but, cap
1: count or is that only ltir that you can hide your cap
0: yeah i, I uh, that is not my area of expertise uh, i'm not well sure.
1: let's just say if austin matthews is uh not counting against the cap and they still can't comply that's pretty pretty scary
0: i got something else for you that you weren't expecting for a little what the frack here too just one second nice i've got the blue version yeah this is like a fourth jersey uh mcfarlane concept i don't have any letters or numbers but uh, yeah there we go hidden gem where'd you get that that came under the christmas tree one year um was it out Hmm,
1: i've never seen the white version
0: before yeah, well, somebody on Twitter posted one, uh, I think, that they had, like, done up in McDavid, but uh, hmm. I was like, yeah, I got one of those. Yeah, so it was a, it was like a fourth jersey concept uh, that they were going to bring out, but it never actually did come out, so, yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I've got that blue version. I uh, took it to the world's longest hockey game. I was going to try and get Yoni Nenema to sign it for me, but he was uh, – it's busy.
0: <laughs> it's probably it's probably one of the more polarizing things like in weather history. Like, you either love that jersey or you can't stand it. There is no middle ground on it. And uh, I I thought it was I thought it was cool. Like I yeah I thought I, it was cool. I thought it was futuristic. Like actually on this one, I don't know if it shows up on here, but the the kind of the silver on there kind of kind of shines. Like it's it was it's was pretty pretty neat. It, it's almost like Kesha in the glitter, but um shines it shimmers like your eyes yeah no i i enjoyed it so very cool yeah yeah oh man you got anything else what are you what are you thinking
1: well curious what you think we're gonna do uh in the next few games you know we've got uh what is it the ducks up next yeah, and,
0: I'm, and I heard... Uh, Gib- ducks
1: on Tuesday and then Coyotes on Thursday. I wouldn't say that the Ducks or the Coyotes are up there in uh, too many power rankings, so...
0: No, and uh, I, I heard John Gibson tweak something, so he's kind of day-to-day, so yeah. he, he might not even play uh, against us yeah. on, on Tuesday, so... Yeah, yeah, I man. heard
1: that same thing. So when your best player's out and you're already a pretty poor team, that bodes well for us. It's not that I want to jinx anything, knock on wood.
0: Uh, I mean, it's, it's really early here, but, uh, you know, is Arizona going to take a run at uh, being the worst in the league? Mm-hmm. They sure are
1: that's yeah. Yeah, the fall first fall for right everybody wants to draft right i think buffalo's doing it too as soon as they signed craig anderson that was pretty much them signing a contract that they were yes yeah, looks like the mcdavid year and that kid is good man he apparently by all accounts is nhl ready and you know doesn't have any deficiencies in his game is you know i like, had the special um what's it called when you're playing in major junior at 16 the consensus or whatever it's called special that's yeah. the word I'm looking for Yeah. Um, anyways but you know they has got the blue chip pedigree and uh, you know we saw Buffalo and Phoenix tank for McDavid and here we are how many years later and they're still tanking you know it's suck to be a fan of those franchises but
0: yeah um, Buffalo, Buffalo's won their first two games that's kind of funny yeah, actually, now that you say that, that is. And, and, um, and, like, you know, they're building their, well, it was under 10,000. Like I think about 8,500, but it looked like about 1,500 at their first game. Yeah, for sure.
1: I don't know. I can almost see, uh, I don't think a 4-0 start is out of the question, is it?
0: Well, you know, you got to approach each game, each game the same way, and, and you know, i use it often but have that Chicago Bulls kind of professional attitude where you're you're just out to, you know, eat every night. You're you're eating steak every night and, and you can't change from that. You know, you, you start taking teams lightly and that's where you lose games. I think it is kind of um, a a sign of growth, you know, from last year when we ran the table against the Senators. So You know, maybe they've climbed the mountain a little bit in terms of not not taking teams too lightly and not, you know, looking to the next game. So I I hope that's kind of the way it is. And yeah, to me, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that we're, you know, talking next Sunday about a 4 0 record. I I hope that's the case and that's the way it should be, but you got to do it. You can't just talk about it. Three games before,
1: we got Vegas on uh, Friday as well. So. By the time our next podcast comes up, we'll have played five games.
0: So we go Tuesday, Thursday, Friday?
1: That's right. Okay. So what do you think our record is after uh Ducks Tuesday, Coyotes Thursday, nights Friday, and uh, our podcast comes on Sunday?
0: Well it'd be great to be five and zero. Like I, I I don't know. I, I am I am not sold on Vegas being as as lethal as as what a lot of pundits and, and that are, are saying mm-hmm. I just um, I mean Seattle gave them a hell of a game for their first game ever um, you know and that's probably as disjointed as uh, of the of team as you're, you're gonna find right because they're all getting to know each other and that I mean we've had a lot of turnover this year but it's not like a team just built from scratch so um, yeah.
1: Well, you and I both agreed on the, uh, heavy hockey season preview show too, that I think that, you know, they're going to miss flurry. There's yeah. some, um, injuries on the back end. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, they're, they're on their little dwindle down anyways, I, I would say they're starting to fall off a little bit. So if we can take that next step up, um, yeah. I can't remember yeah. what your prediction was for the season, but I picked the Oilers for the
0: division. So. Yeah, yeah me too. And I thought Vegas would be second, but, uh, Yeah, me too. I I think Seattle's going to be better than kind of what I was thinking too. uh, They're not terrible. Um, I knew they. I think I was the
1: only one that said they wouldn't make the playoffs. I think all three of you guys said that they would.
0: I think you and Heber both said they weren't going to be a playoff team, but uh, you know. I don't uh, listen to Heber. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I I think I think they will be a playoff team, but they might they might surprise and be just a little bit better than you know coming in at the last second. Um. Yeah, Vegas. I think Pacioretty and somebody else, Stone. I think both of, those, both of those guys uh, took kind of a little bit of significant injury, so yeah. um, they might be ripe for the picking. So yeah, I'll uh swing for the fence and say we're five and zero next Sunday. Wow,
1: man, good. Uh, it's hard for me to disagree with you. I don't want to be too much of a homer and I don't want to agree with you. So I'm going to say four and one, but I can't even say who the hell they're going to lose to, to be honest. Um, Yeah, I really do think that uh, they'll run over the Coyotes. Uh, You know, maybe it's the Knights, but, you know, at the end of the season, I bet you it's not like we're going to lose all four games to the the Knights. Maybe we split them and this is one of the ones we lose. Or, um, yeah, I don't know. Koskinen often plays the second half of back-to-backs. Um, not the first half it's traditionally been Koskinen on the back half and he's actually really good at it so I can't imagine they play Koskinen in their biggest challenge of the year um, against Vegas but it'd be interesting to see what he does with the goaltending because Tippett generally likes to go with Koskinen on the the back end of those so uh, when they go Thursday Friday I'm, I'm gonna maybe guess that we see Koskinen against the Coyotes and Smith against the Golden Knights what do you think the Tippett will do with the goaltending
0: yeah i'd like to think that he's going to play smith uh against the golden knights but i'm not sold on that either
1: yeah if it wasn't a back-to-back i'd say no problem but just his his tradition of and i think like koskinen's six and one and one and playing in those back-to-backs too like he's pretty good so yeah I, i don't know that's uh gonna be interesting to see and then after that we've got the flyers and the canucks and the kraken so i think there'll be three solid challenges there coming after so maybe you're right and it's five and oh and and then we uh you know finally meet our maker with one of the next three but you know already we're at a better place than we were last year and last year's poor start so I, i like what i see
0: yeah um the depth, you know, that forward depth and, and the defense, you know, kind of treading water is is, is encouraging. Um, yeah, I, it feels know. like a new Order team, does
1: it not? Like it's, I'm trying to
0: watch games and it's just it's a
1: different ebb and flow out there. Like it's like I said earlier when I'm trying to trying to catch C.C. and Keith in a mistake and it's just the puck isn't in our end area much anymore. And, and I don't know whether it's that forward depth or the the Hyman fogel Improved Payarevi, improved Yamamoto, puck possession game, or or what it is, but it's it doesn't it just does it feels like a new Oilers team almost a little bit this year so far.
0: There's there's more fight on the walls, both in our end and in the opposition end. Um, I mean, Zach Hyman is relentless. That's that's the best word I can use to describe the guy. He's relentless, and Fogel's the the same way. Like he's just. Pursue, 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 punish, punish, punish. Strong and, and discipline. You know, yeah. they're a pain in the ass to play against. Um, yeah. The mo- most undisciplined undisciplined player we have right now is Kyler Yamamoto. <laughs> yeah, did he take two penalties after getting headbutt in the face? Oh, three? I, I, I'm pretty sure he had three penalties last night. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I mean... He's he's playing hard. He's a little chihuahua. Just barking at everything. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. He's yeah, it's been that way, you know. I think that uh, he plays on the edge. He always has. He's he's uh, cocky. He's confident. He plays fifty pounds heavier than he is. So you know, none of this surprises me. But yeah, he's got to reel in the discipline a little bit. I think you know you got to create some space out there for yourself and let some of these guys know that you can't be picked on, but you can't take bad penalties for your team either.
0: There, there isn't a huge drop off from line to line really you know like it, it just they keep coming and keep coming yeah um, you know Derek Ryan gets gets a goal to get it going I mean the depth scoring is already there last, last forever we're always you know wanting somebody other than Connor and Leon to do something it's yeah it, it's there now and then you know if you take a penalty against these guys you're you're in trouble like that's that's really the, like a lot of people say now, I mean, we don't need an enforcer. That's our power play. And I guess that follows in, into, you know, Ken Holland's lap because I mean, that was the G- Detroit Red Wings before. and Yeah. You know, that's kind of where we're at now. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's going at a pretty good clip. I think, what did we have two power play goals last night? So Connor, Connor. Uh, yeah. 50% so far on the season. Connor's uh, you know, one timer work that he's putting in is, is paying <laughs> off.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. He fluffed it right in the top corner there.
0: Fluffing it right home. Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah. The um, uh, post game beaks were, were funny too, because of course they try to get him to stir the pot, and there's Leon, you know, talking about Connor still fluffing off shots and, and, uh, when specter asked jesse who has a better one-timer oh man did i ever laugh when dry <laughs> sidle with that coy smile and that side eye you better say the right thing <laughs> and still yes he's witty enough with you know second language to say connor
0: <laughs>
1: <You know? laughs> with that shit grin on his face man it's yeah it's 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 a fun team to watch um I think if we're going to keep seeing this many penalties uh, and, and special teams play, like whether we're killing them or, or on the power play, uh, you almost don't need a fourth line. And, uh, you know, I think Tippett said in his post game that was one of the biggest challenges he had was trying to get some of those other players involved. But when we've got a third line with Cassie and Fogle and, and Ryan relentlessly forechecking and putting that pressure on and dumping it in and banging, and then you can still go back to potentially the best top six in hockey. Man, it's like you just—if you can roll three lines, you're you're pretty good, you know. And and then that takes the pressure off the D, which has come to fruition so far.
0: Yeah, um, you know, we were talking earlier about Bouchard getting some elevated minutes. Um, one of the reasons why is is you know he's Nurse's partner to start the penalty kill, and then yeah. they and then they go to Keith and Cece, and you know, I mean. It's it's kind of like you get worn out on the power play against these guys because they play a physical brand of hockey. Like um, yeah. Bouchard's not small. Like I didn't realize how 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 much size he actually has too. Yeah. He, he he's made not,
1: a nice play on Taitchuk early in the game there.
0: Yeah, he's got good size. Um, I missed it, but I, I I heard that Keith leveled the one guy too. It, it, I think it, does Calgary have a player Lewis? I must have missed that as well. Yeah, I I missed it, but I heard it was a pretty good check, but it wasn't really shown. Like it was kind of in the in the peripheral, um, you know. Great. <laughs> I like I like some mean defenders. Like yeah, uh, yeah. You yeah. don't need to be nice all the time out there. Just uh, no, exactly. Well, Bouchard yeah. led uh,
1: led the Oilers' defense in in penalty kill minutes, so yeah. he was out there killing more penalties than any other player, right? He said he starts with Nurse, and uh, Nurse was just behind him, which makes a ton of sense. But um, nice that when you've got uh, Barry and and Nurse patrolling that power play that we can deploy Bouchard for the penalty kill and and rely on him. I I thought he did struggle in a a couple of instances on the penalty kill, but, um, you know, he's still a young player he's turning 22 next week and i don't know this is kind of the time when defensemen break out and, and start to hit their their prime is right around 22 23 so i'm excited to see uh the rest of the season and the way bouchard plays this out because I, I think he's already outplaying my expectations and i and i and i had high expectations i thought i
0: thought cuckoo was okay too uh you know last night um Kind yeah, limited this, time. Kind of the same as Keith and CC, not trying to do too much. Just go do your job. And, you know, yeah. Not <laughs> not become the focal point of the game because usually if you're doing that, that means you're making mistakes. So. Well, it's,
1: you know, play your seven minutes and, you know, don't get scored on. That's I, really I Cuckoo's job and, and he did that, so.
0: I, I liked the temperature of that game, but I kind of knew there wasn't going to be any uh, fisticuffs in that. And, you know, people are calling for another goalie fight, but uh, I don't know. Oh, Markstrom good. would
1: skate straight to the dressing room and pee uh, his pants before yeah. he would ever fight Mike Smith. There isn't a yeah,
0: chance, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's too many goalies in the league with the kahunas to step up to Mike Smith. I mean, I, I'm always going to give Cal, Cam Talbot credit for, for sure. doing that because uh, – I think even Cam knew he was probably going to take a bit of a licking, but uh, signed up for it anyway.
1: Yeah, Robin Leonard, I could see that happening. He's similar size. He trains MMA, and his uh, I heard him on his interview on Spit and Chicklets, and they were uh, talking about the wrestling that goes on in the dressing room, and, and apparently Leonard can throw Ryan Reeves around and... And ragdoll him. like you can't take Robin Leonard off of his feet. He mm. grew up in in MMA. He still trains MMA, and his dad was a goaltending and is a goaltending coach. His dad helped uh, Henrik Lundqvist along in his career. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But yeah, unless you're bringing back Dan Cluche or uh, mm. you know Emery, it's pretty yeah. tough. Yeah,
0: yeah, Razor Ray Emery, the night in Buffalo
1: man, when he fought Peters, hey, that was one of the greatest hockey moments. I couldn't believe that was happening. Never mind having a shit he didn't grin on his face the entire time he's fighting one of the league's heavies. That was awesome.
0: Martin Biron would pull the Cam Talbot on that that little go, and then uh, Peters yeah. is like, okay, you're next, and sure, right. yeah. let's go.
1: Yeah. Well, Emery was just tough. He wasn't a monster, right? Like, he's like, Smith's a fucking monster, and and Leonard's a monster. Like those guys are big, big boys. Or Dan Cluche and Emery just had a screw loose.
0: Yeah. Um, go back to the days of Juan Osgood, man. We we could have a show on on just goalie fights. Uh, you know, they need to happen more often. They're just great. Like <laughs> it's I, true. It's true. I, I love goalie fights because more than anything, really, honestly, because you know they got all that gear on. So, I mean, that's that's a challenge, but with all that gear on, you're not, like, the casting incidents, I don't think you're worried about that with a goalie, you know, because they get, they got so much on that it's just, I don't think that, that comes into play, but it's just They're like
1: awesome. the intermission guys in the big bubbles. They're just, you're just kind of protected.
0: <laughs> it's just awesome to, like, I, I can't even, I don't even know how they can throw, like, with the, you know, chest protector and that, like, you're, I, yeah. It's awesome. It's just yeah, can't can't be easy. That's for sure. No, no.
1: I'd like to see one.
0: That's that's something we gotta ask, uh, Chad Graham, uh, if we get him back on again. Uh, if he's ever been in a few goalie fights, I'm pretty sure he has. But
1: yeah, I was talking to Gager. He's been in a few. He said he did okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a whole different, different, different beast, right? Like I don't. Yeah. Uh, as my hockey career, I pretty much wore the Paul Coffey special Cooper shoulder pads for most of it. So if I ever Me needed to, ever needed to do anything, you, you certainly could. But
1: yeah, for sure. I got into my late 30s, and I barely even wore them unless it was a league rule that you had to. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, I mean, I don't even own any anymore. I just put on elbow pads, and that's it. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I'm not hitting anybody, so it's yeah, yeah. I guess I'll probably, Perfect. I'll probably I'll probably take a few shots in the chest and stuff. I, I've had a few wells. <laughs> <laughs> ribs might the, the ribs the ribs might hurt a little but That's what I was just gonna say. Exactly that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah now, the ribs now. might take them. Well, just, as long as you're
1: not sliding, taking you know, blocking shots and that sort of thing, I'm sure you'd be fine.
0: Now, now you know where to cross check me if uh, we ever get another Oilers' Life Cup game. Yeah, we'll see. I don't
1: know. Maybe you, me, and Heber uh, will be on the same line. Maybe we'll be on Whoa. different teams.
0: Who knows, Hey. Eh?
1: Yeah. Eric. yeah it goes. If we're not on the same team, we're fighting. That's all I know.
0: Eric, Mr. <laughs> 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 Is that right? Oh, um, yeah. Y- yeah. You know, I am Beeks on Twitter. <laughs> Him and his brother, we were at the community arena, and they were on separate teams. And his brother's pretty good, too. Ryan's a really good hockey player, and I'm I'm like skating behind the net, and like the play was kind of stopped, so I'm just kind of like waiting for people to get change done or whatever and the puck to be dropped, and Ryan's standing there, like staring over top of his brother, like staring him down, <laughs> and his brother's laying on the ice, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And he's taking a while to get up, and I thought the whole time his brother was like milking it and faking it or whatever, yeah, he... He fucked up his brother. Had an Oilers Live Cup game, like he injured him, and he was staring him down. His brother got up and finished the game and whatever. But then <laughs> he, he was like he was like injured for three or four months. And I, I thought I thought the whole time it was a, it was a thing, and I was just I was bugging him and, and chirping him, and yeah, he was actually hurt.
1: Brotherly love, like the Taychucks dropping him, or the Primo brothers, I think yeah. scrapped as well. Yeah. There's been a few brothers, and maybe the Sutters have scrapped. I don't know.
0: When, when we play these games too like you know i get an assist and i got to do the george lorac and skate to the end and hammer the boards and whatever just to cut. <laughs> jumping
1: into the glass yeah
0: just try to like make the fans think it's just the greatest thing ever you know to try to put on a show but
1: that's awesome fun. yeah looking it's forward
0: fun. to it i hope we can get a game going
1: yeah me too it's it's a lot of fun sweet well uh, you think we've rang enough off the crossbar for one night or what yeah i mean
0: it's 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 good to uh, be able to talk actual, you know, X's and O's and and yeah, man. the actual hockey rather than kind of the, you know, trades and signings and you know the managerial part of the game. But uh, yeah, yeah can, the off season, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, the game against Vancouver was 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 good and and everything, but nothing like another battle of Alberta on a, on a Saturday night, and, and it seemed like Rodgers was rocking, and, you know, just yeah. that, that environment and that energy, and, and all, yeah. kind of been starving for that, and you, you forget how much you miss it, you know, like, totally. we, we, we had hockey, but it just, it, it almost felt like preseason, right, because there's, there's yeah. nobody there, and,
1: yeah. Even listening to the fans chanting during the post-game interviews, right? And yeah. Y- yeah. Yes, I can hear them. It is good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like that. It sounds like the playoffs in in Rogers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And I don't know. For half uh, a half a barn. That's pretty good. Well, I think last night was like a you know a sellout. Um, nah, but. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, all the seats were sold, but I think probably about 1,500 or 2,000 people stayed home. But uh, the night before that, I mean, it w- the first game against Vancouver, it was definitely lighter. I, I would say probably yeah. 15,000 there or something. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, looking forward to the next one. We'll uh, talk to you on Sunday. I say 4 and 1, you say 5 and 0, oh, and I hope you're right.
0: Run the table. Let's um, run it. Yeah. All right, as we always say, keep your sticks on the ice and keep reaching for the stars. We'll see you next Sunday, 9 o'clock, all things being equal. Have a good night. Peace out. From Section 204, Heavy Hockey Podcast
1: with Michael and guests. Heavy hockey isn't dead. It's just getting started.